0: Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We are studying through the book of 1 Kings right now. Mm-hmm. And we're in chapter 7. We left yep. off last time after um, there was some description of, we had had a description of the temple that Solomon was building. Is building. The mm-hmm. right. And then there was a brief um, insert there about yeah. Solomon building his own house.
1: Yeah, you know, seems like almost he gets off track for a minute and decides to talk about Solomon's Solomon's palace,
0: and then now we're going back though. Yes,
1: straight back Temple. like, like you would think if you went from six thirty-eight, which is the very end of six, and just jumped seven thirteen and kept reading, you would not even realize that you would skipped anything. You'd right, be no, no problem. You would have no issues with that. Um, but so for some reason though. The Biblical author, compiler, however you want to say it, was prompted to put this right here in the middle, and so we talked about last time why that would be, and um, and I think it fits. I think it's a positive thing that it's here. It's not meant to be a negative, although some take it that way, and I understand how you could and why. It's not that that's not valid, but I do think it fits better to think of it as positive in this context that we're in, where everything has seemed very positive since Solomon took the throne right, it seems that nothing is there's is negative to come but yet. this is, yes. we're
0: not there yet we're
1: going to get there but <clears throat> but in all of this building the temple and and going through the process of dedicating it everything is still for Solomon very much on track so so even the And fact I like that the picture
0: palace, of his palace being swallowed up in
1: in God's, God's complex day. yes in overall God's complex and that's what Literarily, he's trying to tell us that That Solomon's work is all a part of God's work. That this is there. right now we're on track, we're in a good place. So, having seen that now all the way up to 7:12, like you said, now we're going to go back to 7:13. We're going to get straight back into temple and its furnishings and um, temple and its um, different articles that are around it, uh, constructions that are in this case. Hiram's going to get involved. We're also going to hear about Solomon still what he's doing, but um, very much, very much taking us still into that overall work that's being done to glorify God through the construction that Solomon is doing during his kingdom of peace. This is what it's all about. So, so very, very nice. To, uh, very good. Section of scripture, we're still feeling positive about it. We should be, and we get to uh 7:13, and we continue here, and we're going to get into the details, more of the details of what's here. And if uh, for a reader who just is reading the surface, mm-hmm. they might feel like, okay, why do I
0: need to know all right. this? What's really? And this is not just so you can build a little uh, miniature one. <laughs> Definitely
1: art. not. Yeah, that's right. Build your diorama right. according to yeah. That's whatever. cool
0: and everything, but that's not what this is really. Yeah. This is really theological, yes. and there's much more meaning built into this than we generally give it.
1: Yes. Theological writing, ecclesiological even, so that it's about the church. Um, but we have to look through it to see what God is doing and uh, see how this was actually just a type of what was to come, so that's what we'll be doing uh, as we go through here today. I think we'll start by reading verse thirteen through twenty-two. Uh, All right, if you feel good about that,
0: I feel great about it. Okay.
1: All right. First Kings seven, starting in verse thirteen.
0: And King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. He was the son of the widow of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in bronze. And he was full of wisdom, understanding, and skill for making any work in bronze. He came to King Solomon and did all his work. He cast two pillars of bronze, 18 cubits was the height of one pillar, and a line of 12 cubits measured its circumference. It was hollow, and its thickness was four fingers. The second pillar was the same. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on the top of the pillars. The height of one capital was five cubits, and the height of the other capital was five cubits. There were lattices of checker work with wreaths of chain work for the capitals on the tops of the pillars, One, I see. a lattice for The one for the capital and the lattice for the other capital. Likewise, he made pomegranates in two rows around the one lattice work to cover the capital that was on the top of the pillar, and he did the same with the other capital. Now, the capitals that were on the tops of the pillars in the vestibule were of lily work, four cubits. The capitals were on the two pillars and also. Above the rounded projection, which was beside the latticework. There were 200 pomegranates in two rows all around, and so with the other capital. He set up pillars at the vestibule of the temple. He set up the pillar on the south and called its name Yaquin. And he set up the pillar on the north and called its name Boaz. And on the tops of the pillars was lily work. Thus the work of the pillars was finished. All right.
1: Thank you. Awesome.
0: It's so a lot of confusion there. But.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard. To, you're trying to wrap <laughs> yeah. your mind around. If you're trying to wrap your mind around everything while you're reading, it's almost yeah, it gets a little confusing. You Especially if you're like me times. and you don't really
0: know what a capital is. Yeah, right? what's well, capital? You know, like, right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: those capitals were the creme pieces on the big giant pillars. Mm-hmm. So they sit up there on the top, um, and then they're very ornately decorated. Right. And I fun, think that's know. the
0: main thing. That I get from this is that it's very exact. It's very ornate. Yep. And um, it sounds beautiful. Yeah,
1: definitely beautiful. And so we walk away feeling really good about that. Right. <laughs> you know what? A, what an impressive work Solomon has done to glorify God. And that's usually as far as we take it. When we're thinking about it, and, um, when we're reading it in Scripture or whatever, we're like, okay, well, this is meant to just tell me, I guess, how right. beautiful it the is. This wonder so, of Solomon's Really put Solomon's a lot of work Temple, into right. it. Yeah, exactly. But there's more going on here than just that, which right. is definitely what we need to talk about. When we're verse first uh, that we see here in verse 13 and 14 is that this man from Tyre has come. Now we have already been introduced to him. We is were introduced in chapter five. Exactly. We're going to introduce him at the, at the beginning of chapter 5. Now, we could go all the way back to 2 Samuel 5.11 and see that's where the very first mention of him is because he knew David and he sent David stuff to build David's palace okay. with. He uh, sent David materials, cedar beams and so forth to build David's house with, and so so David and he had very close relationship anyway. And remember, David had wanted to build a temple for God, but God disallowed that and put it in Solomon's hands. Well, now Solomon contacts Hiram, says, "Hey, will you help me out?" And because of his relationship with David, he's like, "Absolutely, I can't wait. This is going to be fantastic. I love that. Uh, I love that I get the chance to be a part of this." So and in as that, we're reading in that
0: passage in chapter five, he's sending wood, cedars, yes. and, and Lebanon and all this stuff. Yes. Here though, his work all seems to be in bronze work.
1: There's gonna be right here, yes. We're gonna concentrate on the fact that he is apparently, he is incredibly and skilled yeah. and apparently also pro- probably has many people under him that you that work for him that are equally skilled in this.
0: He took over his dad's business and has the skill for working
1: in bronze. That's right. Right. Exactly. And so the way it even talks about the skill is interesting. He was the son of a widow, trapped Napoli, uh, in, in verse 14, halfway through, and he was full of wisdom, understanding, and skill for making any work in bronze. He came to King Solomon and did all his work. Well, that doesn't sound at all unlike Bezalel and Aholiab in Exodus 31, 2, and 6. They're these men that God has raised up specifically to do really fine work and really craftsmanship. Craftsmanship, fine craftsmanship of God's tabernacle. And so to hear that here, oh yes, this sounds like I've heard before, just like the construction of the tabernacle, God raised up people who were particularly skilled to do right. the work that needed
0: to be done before God. Uh, that passage it even says, they were filled with the spirit that's right
1: exactly and so there's almost a little indication here that maybe there's something like that going on now he never says that right um, but we're but we do know there's a very strong bond obviously here between Solomon and Hiram and Hiram wants to be a part of this and and uh, he is a Gentile or at least at half least Gentile. Yeah. he has what we're told here his wi- um, mother was the son or I'm sorry he was the son of a widow of the tribe of Naphtali, so oh, she his messed mother up. was a Naphtalite and had gotten close, obviously. Too, that's a uh, you know Naphtali was up there in that region where you'd come into New contact town. with people from Phoenicia um, and Tyre and so forth. And so, f- for whatever reason, she fell in love with a man there apparently, and uh, things worked out. And so Hiram is born. So Hiram has a connection of sorts to this Jewish nation, um, but probably not. Probably was never really emphasized in his life growing up, mm-hmm. probably was never a big deal. And yet now he's tied to Solomon. So that's a neat thing to see. It didn't introduce him that way back in chapter five. This seems almost like a new introduction. So I'll just say to those of you who may be wondering, why does it sound like I'm being introduced to him for the first time when I know good and well I wasn't introduced to him that way. Uh, I've already been introduced to him in chapter 5. And I would just say, there's no question. We know already by the way the the writer talks that he gets his material from different sources. He's already said that. So for him to bring together different sources and, and be copying them together as God directs we should have no issue with that. We have no problem with that. So, if, but this this does include a new piece of information for me about his lineage and so forth. So I get to know about people. Could
0: even this possibly? I this is going out. It's not even important. But could this possibly be the son? And his dad was the one in chapter five,
1: um, because
0: it talks about him being king, King Hiram, uh, and this doesn't refer to him as a king. Right.
1: That's true. Um, I, I don't know if that would be possible or not. I really don't know. I've never heard that before. So. Well, I
0: haven't either. I'm just making things up. So.
1: <laughs> Probably supposed to see him as the same person, but um, I would think. But, you know, uh, I've never heard that. Um, so he comes to King Solomon says he came to King Solomon and did all his work. Yes. So, he's this marvelous worker in bronze, and then it goes into this bronze work that's being done. This, what we learned about here in this long paragraph here is kind of the front, this would be the front, the porch, the, the vestibule, um, is that right? Uh, how, how we name it, I'm not sure, um, but it's the porch area of the temple. Um, yeah. Right. The vestibule. Well, like we already 21. have
0: talked about the part inside the temple that is all gold, overlaid right. with gold. Right. But this is the part outside. Right outside.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so it's all got all this bronze work. Um, and there's these two giant pillars here. And these pillars have these two giant capitals on them sitting on top. And these capitals are decorated very, very finely. There's all this wonderful lily work and pomegranate work that is a part of this complex. And so lilies and pomegranates, that's a very interesting thing. Well, lilies and pomegranates are found just a, really just a couple of places in Scripture. Um, they are found here on the temple, and the making of the temple. And then they're also found most, by far, the, the main place uh, other than this that they are found is in the Song of Solomon. Lilies in the Song of Solomon feature quite a lot. Chapter 2, verse 1, 2, verse 2, 2, verse 16, 4, verse 5, 4, 13, 6, 2, 6, 3, 7, 2. That's all out of Song of Solomon. Um, Whereas here we see them in 719, 722, 726. Okay, pomegranates. very much a similar story on them. Here around the temple and then also in the Song of Solomon. Here uh pomegranates talked about in 718, 720, 742. In the Song of Solomon, 43, 413, 67, 7 712. Or uh yeah, 712 and 82. Okay. okay. So so all throughout there. And so that forces us to ask questions. Well, now we're good, we're trying to be good Bible students here. We're like, okay, <clears throat> so what? What a, what am I supposed to get from that? Why is right. that so important? Why is that important? Yeah, how would that help me understand what this is about? Why are, why are lilies and Pomegranates important? Well, you tell me, what's the Song of Solomon about?
0: Uh, about lovers.
1: It's about lovers. It's about Finding love between a, yes. a man and a woman, probably Solomon. Solomon is talked about in the book, his name is brought mm-hmm. up, and we're hearing about their great love for each other. They just okay. can't stay away from each other. It's so big, so fantastic, and they just want to be together all the time. Traditionally, do you know how we've interpreted that book, who the man and woman represent? Uh, how the Jews interpret it and how the church interpreted it?
0: God and his people.
1: Yep. And, and also, mm-hmm. you know, and then of course, God yeah, being also Jesus in the church. Christ, Christ, yes, exactly. But God.
0: But when you said the Jews, that
1: people, yes, absolutely. The Jews were interpreting it this way before Jesus ever came right. to earth. They were looking through it as a ty- typology, looking through it and saying, oh, look, the husband who
0: loves his wife so dearly. Right. And, and, um, and we already and have that imagery yes. throughout Scripture, anyway. That's right, exactly. The it's a husband exactly. and his people are his bride, and he used constantly through So, them coming together in this intimate setting. That's right.
1: So for this to be then pomegranates and lily work used as you're entering the temple, you're going through this area with all these lilies and pomegranates. Yeah. So it's, it's like you're heading
0: into the presence of God. That's right. So, so you're, you're it's a it's God's people yes. coming to meet their husbands.
1: Meet their husband, meet their lover. Mm-hmm. Meet their lover. This is the trysting place, if you will, as a, you know, one commentator has called it the place where Yahweh meets and makes love to <clears> his bride. <throat> is what this is, where you're coming together in the most intimate possible way. It's and actually so it's, a very beautiful, it's a picture beautiful temple. Beautiful and picture. What's going on here? And that's what, and that's exactly what's happening in Song of Solomon, um, is you have the lovers coming together in their garden-like place and just loving each other in every way. I mean, physically, but intimately in all the ways possible and just can't get enough of each other. Well, that's what this place is for. That's what the temple is. It's a place where God's bride comes and they, and they love one another. Really into intimate
0: that with intimate another. presence of God.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So beautiful. When you see that all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Man, that's just crazy mm-hmm. amazing. That's gorgeous, yes. And so this becomes very much a picture of the garden. These lilies and pomegranates just go with all of our other trees and garden imagery and everything that's going on in here. Very much a picture of like returning to Eden
0: in the perfect way and getting to be at one with God. Love that. Yeah. Now
1: okay. we're, we're right going to run out of time if yeah. we don't keep going. We'll so. keep
0: going, but we are going to talk about this broads.
1: Yeah, we are well. definitely going to talk about broads. 1st mm-hmm. let's. Um, start by looking at verse 23 reading verse 23 all the way to 39
0: Then he made the sea of cast metal It was round, ten cubits from brim to brim and five cubits high and a line of thirty cubits measured its circumference Under its brim were cords for ten cubits Compassing the sea all around. The gourds were in two rows, cast with it when it was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea was set on them, and all their rear parts were inward. Its thickness was a hand breadth, and its brim was made like the brim of a cup, like the flower of a lily. It held two thousand baths. He also made the ten stands of bronze. Each stand was four cubits long, four cubits wide, and three cubits high. This was the construction of the stands. They had panels, and the panels were set in the frames, and on the panels that were set in the frames were lions, oxen, and cherubim. On the frames, both above and below the lions and oxen, there were wreaths of beveled beveled work. Moreover, each stand had four bronze wheels and axles of bronze, and at the four corners were supports for the ba- for a basin. The supports were cast with wreaths at the side of each. Its opening was within a crown that projected upward one cubit. Its opening was round, as the as a pedestal is made, a cubit and a half deep. At its opening, there were carvings, and its panels were square, not round, and the four wheels were underneath the panels. The axles of the wheels were of one piece with the stands, and the height of a wheel was a cubit and a half. The wheels were made like a chariot wheel. Their axles, their rims, their spokes, and their hubs were all cast. There were four supports at the four corners of each stand. The supports were of one piece with the stands, And on the top of the stand, there was a round band, half a a cubit high, and on the top of the stand, its stays and its panels were of one piece with it. And on the surfaces of its stays and on its panels, he carved cherubim, lions, and palm trees, according to the space of each, with wreaths all around. After this manner, he made the ten stands. All of them were cast alike of the same measure in the same form. And he made 10 basins of bronze. Each basin held 40 baths. Each basin measured four cubits, and there was a basin for each of the 10 stands. And he set the stands, five on the south side of the house and five on the north side of the house. And he set the sea at the southeast corner of the house.
1: Man, that is something. Yeah, that was not. That is no easy job to read through that and to feel like you're getting anywhere. I know. Um, so good for <laughs> I you. I don't know if I messed up <laughs> nope, everything you did. I, I what. Yeah, I don't think you messed up anything, but it's just <clears throat> a difficult, difficult thing to figure out what's going on here. What we need to picture if is... You,
0: if you have a study Bible or something mm-hmm. you can go look up, yes. they'll usually have a kind of a...
1: Some kind of depiction.
0: Depiction of that, and it helps. Mm -hmm. It may not be perfect, but at least it helps give you
1: some sense of what you're talking about. Like this
0: casting of the sea. I'm like, what in the world? It's this big, like, giant pool or something. Yeah, it's like a giant pool pool
1: almost. It's like big enough to be a small swimming pool for sure. Um,
0: Set on these 12 oxen mm -hmm. for footings. Yeah. um, Yep. Yeah. Anyway.
1: And so it would be huge, because yes. we're talking about an amount of water that would be huge inside this thing. It held 2,000 baths. Which, well, my
0: Bible says that that's 12,000 gallons right. of water. Right,
1: exactly. 12,000 yeah. gallons. Yeah.
0: And this is where the priest would cleanse themselves. Yeah.
1: Well, they would use this water to cleanse probably themselves in various things, but it was so big. This was so big that you couldn't just come up to it. And That's what I was reach trying over to figure out. How do get to in there? No, they can't. They, they, you can't just do it on a regular basis. It's I think they do take the water out. out. Exactly. I think they have means of getting the water out and transferring it to some of these smaller basins and little wheeled chariots that they have around. These are also bronze, um, that, which we talked about between verses 27 and 37. Well, really 27 and like 39. We're talking about these little if you will bronze water chariots right. uh, that's what they are they've got wheels and they move around um, and they are set up outside the temple in this larger area where we are outside the temple so first of all to talk about that so-called sea why is it even called a sea mm-hmm. in SEA um, right it's so confusing It's a little confusing what does that mean well it is like a sea I mean the idea is depicting a sea a giant Area of water. Um, and how is it held up? Well, it's held up on the backs of these oxen. Oxen are service animals. They are servants. And there's 12 of them. And they're pointed and three they're of strong. them toward yeah. the end. Very strong. Three pointed north, three east, three west, three, and three south. And so then the big giant pool, sea, bronze, sits on top of their backs. And throughout scripture, the seas are the a way of talking about the nations, the Gentile nations there, but they're the sea out there that is churning and swirling and you can't get a grip on it. It's just terrifying to Jews, Um, but God knows how to open it up and make dry land. And and so he does that for his people. Um, And so here, this sea is being held up on the backs of 12 servants 12 service animals if you will 12 oxen that are here 12 because 12 throughout scripture represents the
0: 12 tribes
1: god's people israel god's his nation um, 12 12 apostles and all the people who come from them i mean his people so yes but yes exactly what you're we saying the 12 tribes in this context certainly the 12 tribes and and uh who are they to be to the world well they're actually to be servants of the world. That's what it turns out they're supposed to be. It's a depiction of...
0: Uplifting them?
1: Yes, lifting them up before God, as it were. That's where we are. We're in the temple where things get lifted up before God. Well, if they are truly going to serve the world and lift the world up before, lift up the nations before God, oh my goodness, then this speaks volumes about what God hopes they will do with this temple. The idea being that the nation should find their way to it, stream to it, come to it, because uh, Israel is being a servant to the world and drawing people closer to God. Um, and,
0: and the cleansing, Course.
1: Yes, that happens. It, has, it also has water in it. You know, that water, as much as it can represent the nations, still gets used for cleansing. It's the water that gets used for cleansing, too, so it has a dual purpose. We've seen the cleansing here. from the
0: time of the flood to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, even even in the Exodus when they walked through that water, and mm-hmm. that
1: was a They're coming new up new on yes. the other side. yeah, right. No longer slaves. Different. Changed. Yeah. Absolutely. So it washes away the bad, but it also cleanses what can be cleansed and makes it good and
0: right which of course is a picture of our baptism
1: that's right absolutely a picture of our baptism so we have um we we had this very kind of thing the labor outside of the tabernacle bay here it's just so much bigger so much more this is not made to be portable like the labor could be moved from place to place this is not even going to be moved from place to place um so there's that there's the sea then though we get into 27 through 39 and we start talking about these little water chariots that are used that are um you can actually put water in and take them around. And, and that's the, the neat part that we see there is that this water isn't in one, meant to be in one place anymore. It actually moves around, um, can be taken wherever you want and used to cleanse various things right. outside the temple. So, and... And, uh,
0: and, it, and it, I think it really helped me because my picture in my bottle, the way they have it laid out here, because it says there's five on the north and five on the south. Right in verse They put them on the
1: right on the side yeah, of the temple in your direction. Which
0: it could be.
1: Yeah, it's not impossible. But what you
0: said to me made so much more sense that so they would be on the right and the left of the entrance to the temple. So right. So you would walk through them. Through them to get through to this the temple. cleansing water. Yes. That's healthy. Me that. I mean, it feels like it's
1: like you've got yeah, water on either side of you, land. as if you're Yes, as if you're moving through the Red Sea or as if you're moving through the Jordan coming into the Promised Land. In other words, into God's presence. You're being, that's, that's what's happening here. The, the waters are separated and you're moving in. And, and this water can also, like we said, go out from here if necessary, includes other things, but you've got kind of a wall on water on both your north side and your south side as you're moving west into the temple itself. I like that um, So all of this is bronze work.
0: Yes. Um, Uh, What we heard about the inside of the temple is that it's all covered with gold. That's right. Gold everywhere. But this outside part seems everything is made of bronze. Yes. Hiram is this bronze worker and he's done this beautiful ornate work with bronze. Yes. So would you tell us a little bit more just quickly about... Bronze in well, scripture.
1: Just very quickly, yes, um, the bronze we see throughout Scripture gets associated in some interesting ways uh, with things that are going on, which aren't necessarily always, it isn't always used in a bad context yeah. um, at all, but it very much seems to depict humanity and what, whether or not we're submitting it to God or whether or not we are full on. Doing things our own way, so that when we get to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and we see David fighting Goliath, Goliath is just covered in bronze. Everything he has is bronze, 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 bronze. Talks about, brings up bronze constantly when it's talking about Goliath. Bronze. bronze helmet, bronze greaves. Everything he's carrying is related somehow to bronze. And then, um, and then it even tells that David was told, "Hey, put on this bronze helmet by." Uh, by Saul, uh, Saul and David won't do it right. David doesn't fight in bronze, bronze that's not how it. no right. it does not fit David, David won't use it mm-hmm. um, but we we do see by the time we get to revelation that Jesus's uh, feet are like look like burnished bronze in other words wow. he's a warrior and he's got on his armor right. and but it is like but burnished bronze smelted in a and- furnace. Yeah, Dubai. yes. Perfected so, bronze. Yeah. It's the exact bronze. So he's he's got his humanity about him still, but it it's is perfect. perfect in every way. It is, uh, so it is completely... So when
0: you see bronze, I mean, there's so much more. That yeah, you can going more, to. I'm barely touching yeah. the surface. This so when we perfect. see bronze in scripture, we should be thinking about humanity.
1: Yes. So as you're moving into the temple here... You're yes. moving through the bronze part first. Yes. You have to go through all this bronze stuff, including the, including the, uh, the altar outside is a big right. bronze, giant bronze altar. And then you pass the la- bronze labor, the bronze, um, water chariots and and, and, and the bronze pillars that are on the outside. And then you move into the gold, gold, which is all
0: God's presence. Now you're
1: in God's presence. And it's
0: gleaming and shiny. Board. And I, I. I, we talked about the glow that must come Good. from there. With yes, the reflect off every and
1: the, surface, everything,
0: floor, it. ceiling, everything yep. is go- covered in gold. Yeah. So imagine how their faces must have shone.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Brightly when they walked in to the temple. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. They're so, so moving from the humanity that we have into the very presence it of just God. Just makes
0: me think of Moses. Coming down off the mountain after he's been in God's presence. Yes. And his face shining. Shining. Sinarachan. That's right. How oh, that must be. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I can see that. It's beautiful. So
0: I just wanted to bring that up because I think this whole section was about this bronze work. And you know? mm-hmm. <coughs> I think we're supposed to see something in mm-hmm.
1: that. Me too. Absolutely. We're supposed Not, to Nothing better.
0: bad. No, it's right. just our a good It's a
1: good, this is a good thing but Coming
0: into. This when we enter into presence, just how
1: much more it's really about him Yeah, it's about, yeah, yeah we've left the old humanity behind and now we're saving God's presence um, okay so, we will go on with verse 40 and following next time, so glad you've joined us this time, this is great stuff again, we're talking about the church, we're talking about God's work in his people as we read this about Solomon and the temple that he's built, so hard to maybe wrap our minds around that fully, but that's what's going on, so we'll keep that in mind as we continue to read Look forward to talking to you again in a few days. We hope you all have a great, uh, great few days ahead of you. And we will look forward to getting back with you very soon. God bless.